Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to rock? Batista with the catch! And Andy Pettit is a starting pitcher! I don't think he's pleased. Raymond Green looks like Duncan from Shrek. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. We're going to drink a lot of beer tonight. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get by. I know words. I had the best words. Am I being punked or something? Or... It's time for... Fanatic Radio. From Studio 111, Martin Radio Saigon, and simulcast across the country by Black Talk Radio, later people at 60.com. This is Fanatic Radio. We're the Millennial Show. I'm your host, Mike Gardner. Just quickly in a bit last notorious Ben Florence. And we're coming to you live in a very unique format. <laughs> I feel like I don't want to wait till Flo gets here to explain to you get people uh, what is going on. So, normally, I sound a little grainy under the water. No, not under the weather. And no, I'm not underwater. But Fanatic Radio, we always are down to uh, experiment on this show. So without further ado, we are taking the show live. And just I, I, I got to get the people sort of ready for this. Because, <laughs> uh, yes, so, so, for the next, so for the next hour or so, you will be joining me, maybe even earlier. So basically, long story short, my partner is going to a house party. Which we love. We Flo's walking through the streets of D.C. I'm about ready to leave my house to disembark to the Southern Tier to uh, to go to because today is National Margarita Day. So there's a girl at my work uh, who's relatively new. I think she hasn't even been there a month. Uh, shout out to shout out to Becky. We do the uh, the, the immortal Becky Mitchell. She um, made some comment today. That today was National Margarita Day, so we're going to her house to completely rage like the twenty-something-year-old college kids we are. And so, in the meantime, we will do. So in the meantime, we're doing a show because we love the fans of this show, and we will not disappoint them. <laughs> so you will see. You you bust a buckle up, kids, because it's gonna get wild. We're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna be in the car. We're gonna do. You're gonna join me live as I walk through Walmart to get margarita mix because apparently we don't have enough. <laughs> and oh, man. Uh, so yeah, so if you hear any interruptions and stuff and weird noises, it's it's just a drill. It's it's just a drill. It's just a drill. But I want to start, if I may. So we will we will get to uh, we will get to baseball. Rob Manfred's losing his mind over the over rule changes. And the fans definitely want to get your opinions on that flow, what the future of baseball is going to be, as pitchers and catchers are, uh, have reported. Benny Machado has been signed. More beef in the NFL, which we love. Some basketball news. I want to start with college basketball, particularly tomorrow. Why is, why is tomorrow such a big deal? Well, yeah, boy, uh, that's another special plug that we'll be doing throughout the show is <laughs> – I will be I will be brought we will be doing a special fanatic radio tomorrow night as Mike Gardner will be oh. driving home from Syracuse, New York because oh, he will be giving a post game analysis, thoughts and hot takes on the Syracuse Duke game from the Carrier Dome. I will be so I will be there. I'm driving to Syracuse tomorrow. Now the timeline gets let me see when I think I think it was after I think it was either before or after the Florida State game. Now, for those for those, bas- for those that don't know the basketball fans, uh, Duke when Duke played Florida State, FSU had them on the ropes. And it took a Cam Reddish three pointer 
at the buzzer to win. To because I think Florida State was ranked, if I'm not mistaken, at that time. Anyway, I was like, because I think that following is either the week before or the week after, Syracuse beat Duke and Cameron. And that was Duke's second loss of the season. Obviously, their first one was coming against Gonzaga. So I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to get the most experience out of this. I am going to get tickets to see. I want to go see Zion play. I want to see these Dukies. I want to see the number one team in the nation you know, square off. So I ended up getting you know, prime prime seats in the upper deck, 100, 100 bucks. Now, I'm mad because I probably should have bought them earlier. But I didn't want to wait because the thing is, the tough thing was I was going to wait to see if a coworker, a friend of mine, was going to go because he's a Syracuse fan. But I wasn't going to wait. Complete impulse buy. So I'm going to the, I'm going to the game regardless. Now the game originally was a noon tip, a, a 12 p.m. tip on Saturday the, the 23rd. Now that was when I first bought them. <laughs> and then I believe after I think believe I believe after I bought those tickets, yeah, it was either they beat Florida State or they um, that was the Saturday that was the pre Saturday night game when they played Clemson, and Zion Williamson had that 360 dunk that just just to crash the internet. So now all of a sudden, about a couple weeks later, the game gets changed to 6 p.m. Now I'm thinking, okay, that's fine. I mean, it's not really fine because you know, Syracuse is an hour and a half away from me. But we, you know, we we are we are flexible, and we will make it work. And then on top of that, as the as I mentioned, the game was on a Saturday after Duke beat UVA twice. It was announced that College Game Day was gonna be rolling up to the old Carrier Dome. Cause my dad told me that he was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you kind of want to get there early. Game day is going to be there. And I'm like, great. So now I'm worried about finding a parking spot. Now, Grant, this was that this was, that was my thought of all of about 48 hours ago. Now, for those of you that don't know, again, Duke played uh, a little team the other day called North Carolina, the sworn enemy of Durham. And I got to – first I got to say – Early thumbs down. Thumbs down goes to ESPN because we, we get that Zion Williamson is a freak athlete and is one of the best players of our generation, the likes which we haven't seen in a while since a kid from Akron. But Wednesday night game day and then having like Spike Lee and Obama and Super Bowl pricing tickets, I, it was so ridiculous. So, so I was a little – because I was mad, one, because the game was a 9 p.m. tip-off. Only, only because of, the, I guess, of the magnitude of the game and the game day factor. So I was really upset. I was really annoyed by that. Thirty. And of course, okay. But the, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna fast forward. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rewind because about an hour before I watched Syracuse beat Louisville. Great game uh, on Syracuse's part. They're looking. It's funny because Beheim, he's, he's working the system. He's tanking against some ACC teams, but then he's also. Um, he's also beating the teams that he has to beat because he he we already know what Beheim wants. He's go Beheim's going to get his teams like a seven ten seed, eight nine seed, run the zone, run the table. We talked about I think we talked about this last week or a couple weeks ago. He's going to do that. He's going to run the table. He's going to run the table until I get back to the final four. They looked great against Louisville. 
and they won. Fast forward, Duke, overhyped game. 30 seconds in, Zion shoots loads. I was going to say, before, before I get on this, as, in, as I finish my rant, Duke looked awful. They didn't have a plan B, which is really strange because it's the most unorganized I've seen them all year. 24 hours later, I get a message. I see Twitter that Tibayhaim has struck and killed a pedestrian off of 690. <laughs> and I know exactly what road that is. And now game day has gone. So my day, and game day has been canceled because of it. So now my day has become, I'm going to go see Syracuse. About 48 hours ago, it was, I'm going to go see Syracuse play Duke in a highly anticipated ACC battle to I'm going to go see Duke play Syracuse, no Zion Williamson, and potentially no Bayheim and no game day. So it, it just blows my mind on what happened. So you, you watched you watch the Duke North Carolina game. Was it over height, just around just the right amount of height? Or what do you what do you make of all the Zion madness? They covered him fairly bit, a little bit, but... Yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like last that Wednesday and this weekend it's like reached the tipping point. Yeah, I mean I think there there was just a, a massive amount of highlight uh, of height, even more so than usual for newest Carolina Duke, simply because of the Zion factor. Zion's such a just a ridiculous specimen and such a star, uh, the presumptive first overall pick. So, unless we were going to have an absolute classic, it was going to be very difficult for the game to meet the hype. And then, of course, when Zion went to, and we just got to know, I have never seen, and I, I'm sure this is true for a lot of people, you know, we've seen guys have sneaker fiascos, like the insult comes out. I've never seen a shoe explode like we saw what happened to Zion Williamson yeah. literally 30 seconds into the game. And... <laughs> It still exactly. ended up being just a, a crazy rating for ESPN regardless, even though the, the main draw was taken out 30 seconds in. But, of course, the game that turned into a mess, as you noted. Duke looked really unorganized. I thought that was a great yeah. point because, you know, yeah, the, the, Zion is the star of this team, but this team still has a lot of talent, some terrific players. There's a reason why they were looking like going into the game at the top overall seed. And that just wasn't the case uh, without Zion, and they just completely lost. And then North Carolina, to their right. credit, played really well, Execute, did a great job executing in the paint, and really kind of pounded Duke into submission, and then just controlled the game from that point on. Now it leads to a fascinating question about yeah, it leads to a fascinating question of will we see Zion? play again, whether A, able to play, and it looks like this injury was not serious. But now the question is, will we see him play of his own choice the rest of the season? It's a fascinating question to uh, break down for the Dukies. I know. Shout out out to North Carolina. If they get a good seed in the tournament, they could easily make the the 216 Elite Eight. Maybe Final Mm. Four, but I didn't. I didn't realize that they uh, are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, and one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. They built it last night, which is part of Mike Gardner's recipe for a successful tournament run. <laughs> so, I'm already like high on North Carolina because they look. They, like I said, they look good. Uh, 
Duke did not look good. But yeah, it was. It's a mess. He's not playing Saturday. We get my mom's like, she, she was like, she's like, oh yeah, you're going to. The, I was like, yeah, I'm going to the game Saturday. And she's like, oh, he's not playing. And I was like, oh no, he'll still be there. I'll still say I saw him. Just not suited up and in street clothes. Oh my gosh, yeah. So we're currently so uh, sit rep. We're currently in Walmart. <laughs> yes. Getting a. Uh, First of all, I was, I was very mad that we are going. Wait for hold on. Uh, we are currently in the in the hunt for margarita mix. We are getting Mr. Mr. T, <laughs> not Jose, not the Jose, not the classic Jose Cuervo because it was, it's deemed quote too sweet. And I'm waiting the uh, the elusive Texas to find out how many because this is, this is great. Breaking news. They want four bottles of mix. Walmart only carries two in this flavor. Four bottles of mix? I'm dropping like 10 bucks on this thing. Oh, so mad. <laughs> anyway, we'll roll forward. We'll roll forward. We gotta talk, we gotta talk, before we get to baseball, we gotta talk about Daytona 500. NASCAR season is, is alive and well. And it, be, it beat out the All-Star game in ratings. It beat out the All-Star game in ratings. And apparently everyone is just beside themselves because of the big one, which is the only reason why it caught ESPN's attention. Isn't that, needless to say, Jim France is taking over with an iron fist. Is NASCAR back? Are we, are we, are we safe? And then we have Atlanta this weekend with a new package. If that goes well, is NASCAR back? Uh, it's tough to say uh, because, yeah, it turned out, I think it turned into a pretty good Daytona 500. It also was down the stretch. Just can we keep a complete crash fast? But it's tough to think. But we've had in the last few years, we've had great Daytona 500, and the, I mean the ratings were up year to year, but they were still like at a lower point historically speaking. Uh, this race, I think this weekend's really going to be the be a key in terming of quote unquote NASCAR is back. We have the new uh, rules package. Guys are running wide open which you don't really see ever at Atlanta, unless you're playing, like, NASCAR, you know, uh, inside line and just want to just run into the wall. Um, So that'll be fascinating to see because, you know, we've seen Atlanta races in the past, not very fun to watch, long green flag runs, even though guys are running fast. We shall see, but it's too early to say if NASCAR is back. I think the 500 was a positive, but it's, it's, we're going to need to see a few more races, particularly as we get into like kind of the bread and butter mile and a half tracks uh, and kind of the, uh, the classic tracks as opposed to a plate track to really see. But I thought it was a fun 500. You know, it was uh, wild action. And, uh, I mean, you had the most laughs led by the great Matt DiBenedetto. I mean, who would have saw that come? Yeah. Uh, and he got wrecked like with like 20 to go. So, yeah, it's a fun start to the NASCAR season. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, you get to touch on the, the mediocre track. As I pull out my debit card. <laughs> pay, pay, pay for the... Uh, okay. 
my cash back down at the end of my pen. Yes, I would love to. Isn't this great? <laughs> um, that's another thing. Crash, you mentioned the big one. Good or bad for NASCAR? Because, you know, in this, in, this, in this day and age of the UFC, everyone loves excitement, everyone loves excitement. So take away the purity of the sport, yeah or nay. Well, I think, you know, crashes are, particularly at the play tracks, something we're all, you know, accustomed to because, you know, that's just the nature of the racing. Everybody's running in tight packs. And then one guy slips, and especially with the current rules package where guys were getting, we saw this throughout speed weeks, guys were getting, they're trying to make a pass, getting really loose, and then spinning the car around. So I don't know if it was great for NASCAR. I mean, we, we had, what, like 12 cars on the lead lap? I think we had a car finishing yeah. 14th that didn't finish, which is always fun. Yeah, like, like, um, like the truck race where I think like five cars finished. Yeah, like that truck race was completely out of control. They could not finish a lap without just tearing like eight car, more cars up or trucks up. <laughs> so I don't know if it's a terrible thing for the sport because I think everybody's used to it. Um, obviously, you'd rather not have massive wrecks, but at least it's not like the old days when we had that just hideous tandem racing and yeah. or the, the awful car tomorrow races, which came just massive packs. It was just terrible racing. Um, yeah, wasn't that? Well, wasn't I don't know. Tomorrow, the wasn't the car tomorrow the the Carl Edwards into the fence at Talladega. Yes, that's that was when we started having all the cars that were getting sideways and going into the fence. Um, that race, I remember, was completely out of control because that was another tandem race, and that was you know we knew that Brad Keselowski, at least the hard, more hardcore NASCAR fans did. And then that James Finch, Mike Asuki Indian gaming car, that 09 car, <laughs> next thing we know, ends up just getting the win because Carl Edwards tried to block. And this, I believe, was the first Talladega race. You remember when Tony Stewart won by blocking Regan Smith below the yellow line, and even though it was clearly blocked, they, they said it was an illegal pass. So I That's believe, right. so I, and I, every, I believe every, that every was Smith. I think that, exactly. that has been because um, ESPN ESPN had that race. So it had to be in like twenty. Is that called, I think that was called tomorrow. So that had to be like oh seven. That was when Regan Smith famously quoted when they said, uh, "What do you get? What 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 do you think about it now?" And he said, "I should be out there doing burnouts." <laughs> yeah, I mean that, and then that became the point where guys were like. Listen, if a guy is going to put me down below the L line, I'm not going to move, and it's going to tear him into the wall, which ultimately yeah. what happened. And then, of course, Kyle Edwards ended up being mad about it, did a really scumbag uh, uh, when he wrecked uh, Brad Keselowski at Atlanta when, uh, the next year, um, <laughs> which wasn't cool, but it was what it was. And then here we are. But, you know, it's just the nature of the game. You know, you, you go to the plate tracks, and – the big one, so he's coming. Yeah, I think you know crashes are a given. It's kind of what we touched on earlier. I'm, I don't care. I really, I really don't care about the 500. You know, it's obviously when the stars come out, and it's it's always it's usually an exciting. I'm glad actually that the bottom line worked because after watching the clash, it was a complete dumpster fire, and I'm glad things are slowly moving in the right direction for NASCAR. But yeah, it's once you get to to California, some Las Vegas and Atlanta's. Even as deep as 
maybe like May when you get when you get like when you get like the summer months. Like dare I say, because of selfishness, our race is in August, and that's what we talked about at work. Is is how long is this euphoria of a, of one good NASCAR race going to carry? Because you're going to get to the Kentuckys and the Texases, and and. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, those other tracks, Michigan, it's it's going to be Kansas. It's going to be bad. So I, I think I think people shouldn't get their expectations. They should take small victories when they can. That's the key. That's the key. If when it, when I say if NASCAR is back, that's the key. If it's if it's just good racing, or when it's not when like nine guys win, it's not when like nine wins go to one guy. I just see a little uh, little action, a little, little uh, red and blues up ahead. Which is great. This town, this town is such a mess. All right, we gotta talk about baseball. Gotta roll forward. Shout out to your boy Rivera, unanimous Hall of Famer. I'm pretty sure we already talked about that. Pitchers and catchers are alive and well. Baseball is among us. What do you make of the new? What do you make of the potential rule changes that the MLB could impose? Pitch clock and and uh, ban it in the in the sign stealing. Well, it's one of those things, you know, we've talked about stuff like a pitch clock before because they're really trying to speed up the pace of play. Uh, that's not particularly new, although they haven't gotten to that extreme. They've kind of done, like, mild uh, 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 potential solutions to it in the past. So that wouldn't be necessarily surprising. I was grabbing the mail. Ultimately... Uh, we're not seeing. Uh, we have not seen, a, at least to my knowledge, a great deal of improvement in terms of the pace of play. Uh, personally, beyond that, I, I'm not aware of these other rules, uh, potential changes like about the uh, the sign stealing. So I will defer to you yeah. on those. Well, I don't know that either. What, what, but as a ba- as a baseball aficionado and a, and a lover of the game, are you upset that? The baseball MLB is trying so hard to appease to the new fan and and tele, television ratings. Because a lot of people like like Kershaw and oh, it's Kershaw and Verlander. They're like mad. They're mad at how dare you ruin or try to modify America's pastime. Well, I think it's one of those things to where baseball has to do something because better to stick with the status quo. And people just assume, like, oh, things are fine. It's like, no, they're not. Check the ratings. <laughs> um, uh, and, of course, pitchers like Kershaw are not going to be cool with potential real chances like that because uh, uh, because uh, it, it obviously favors them to take as much time as they want. I don't have a problem with it. I'm not one of these old timers. Like, I can't change. Um, uh, so, I don't have any problem with it personally. All right, of course, our MLB preview will come later. What do you think, what do you think of Machado? Big money. Is he, he's not worth, I mean, I don't think he's worth it, but we were talking about, uh, we were talking about the contracts last week. Uh, is this the end of the max deals? And it's Padres going all out. Is, he, is this going to be an isolated incident? 
Are we going to start seeing contracts go down? Is Machado even worth that much? Are the Padres insane? Oh, I think he actually is worth it because you don't get too many elite players at this age that can, you know, are true five-tool guys. You can hit, can feel, brilliant fielder, uh, can run, uh, hit for power, hit for contact. So, I, um, I'm i not surprised you got this kind of money. I have no issues with this kind of money. We'll see how this affects the Padres, which are, who are historically a smaller budget club. Um, but I am happy that we fi- finally got some free agent movement um, for the league, and hopefully that means that uh, Harper will be signed soon as well. Where do you think Harper's going to go? Where would you like Harper to go? Well, I would, uh, you know, that's a great question. We hear all the talk about the Phillies, uh, and people are all mad saying that, oh, he should decide to go to Philly. Uh, we still hear stuff about the White Sox, hear all the stuff. You know, I wouldn't mind him in, with, in Yankee Pinstraps, although I don't love the fit. Uh, there's still a part of me that thinks, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to end up coming back to Washington. I felt that all along. And I still think it could very well happen. I think they're, they're throwing a lot of money at him still. Uh, they haven't really moved. But there hasn't been any reason for them to move because uh, where we are in the game, no uh, action anyway. So, but we shall see. I hope he stays just because in today's day and age, and we see it in the NBA especially. We'll actually touch on it after the break, but so loyalty, you know, loyalty is dead. And guys, you know, certain players think they dictate the world, but I'll be happy if he stays in Washington. I think in baseball, it's it's strange because a lot of it is based on your farm system and trades you make. So if you have a good player, I understand why. It's like the Angels, they're working really hard to try to keep like Trout happy and in Anaheim Red. So I'm surprised that the Nationals wouldn't do the same thing. As actually, so, so before we before we close out this half of the show, are you? Because you know, with, with, uh, the Padres are taking a complete unorthodox approach, where they think they don't—they think they don't really need a farm, a good farm system, or like pitching, like we've seen a lot of teams go nuts over. They're going out and getting like the big field players. Is that a good? Is that a smart strategy, or uh, is it going to come back to bite them, especially if the, if the players they get are prima donnas? Well, it's one of those things to where it, you have to kind of weigh in everybody and weigh in how guys are going to fit personality-wise and their play, you know, their caliber of play. Um, but ultimately, you know, we've had we've seen all kinds of prima donna guys, but when you're talking about elite guys like a Machado, uh, a Harper, you deal with it because unless they're just completely destructive or just bringing all kinds of problems to the locker room. The play kind of oversees, uh, kind of o- overcomes some of the bullshit, if you will. Um, so I don't, you know, I, I would like to see, again, more free interaction. I don't understand why it's taking so long for these guys to finally get uh, moving uh, contractually, but I think we'll start to see uh, a pickup for Harper real soon. And we'll wait and see. And, of course, we'll wait and see. And currently on the road, Track Radio is live, literally, so, more to come. Fan mail next. 
stay tuned. Zachradio, BossacRadio.com. If we can work, it's it's not working. Okay, no. <laughs> Never mind, we're not going to commercial. Never mind, we're not going to commercial break. But here's the beauty of trying to do this off my phone. And it's it's not easy. Um, I do want to shout out sponsors. I'm just kidding. Okay, well, let's go start to say. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's go to the great Bill Riley. Let's go to the great Bill Riley. We'll do it live. So we keep going. Shout out to the fans. Thank you all the fans who submitted questions. Sniper at gmail.com. Our social pipes as well. Facebook, Twitter. We don't have Instagram. Well, I have Instagram, but the show doesn't have Instagram. Don't slide into the DMs. We'll just ignore you. But football, yes, of course. Never-ending saga of football. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell officially parted ways with, or soon to part ways with the Steelers. This is a big. This is a big deal. Knowing, knowing the Rooney's stance. What do you make of? We've laughed at Le'Veon Bell. We've laughed at Antonio Brown. What do we make of this? Big deal, little deal, no deal. Well, I think it is a big deal. I think that uh, the uh, the general manager had a statement the other day where he said that, listen, these guys need to realize that Roethlisberger is the leader of the team, and I thought this whole statement came off really poorly because, you know what, there's some players that are not leaders. Yeah, just because you're the quarterback, you're the franchise guy, and you've won Super Bowls or whatever, it doesn't mean that person is always going to be a vocal leader in the locker room. And it's just clear that Ben Roethlisberger is not that guy. It's also been clear for a long time that Roethlisberger is also a scumbag, but that's neither here nor there. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this situation just got completely out of hand, and now it's at the point where Brown out the door, going to be traded at some point, Bell out the door. Uh, so now this team is, is left wondering, you know, you got still top guys. you got James Conner uh, in the backfield who played really well this season. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was great. They've been developing a lot of receivers, but Roethlisberger is not going to be healthy forever. He's getting into his mid thirties, and he's you know it's just a you know lumbering guy. So <laughs> this team's uh, coming at a crossroads. They're starting to uh, they're kind of time being one of the classic teams in the NFL, maybe coming to a close soon. And ultimately, we got to see uh, how it all shapes out. But yeah, it's just gotten to be a really bad situation. Uh, they let it get out of hand, and, and as we've been saying, and I keep saying, they let everything get public, and when things get public like that, and when you open the box, it's really hard to put everything back together and close that box. So, here we are. They kind of dug themselves in the hole, and now they have to sleep in it. Yes, and I'm going to remind me a lot of, of your team, the infamous Green Bay Packers, to Blair and Rodgers, when it got, when, when it leaked where Rodgers and McCarthy had beef in the locker room or that Rodgers was defying parking changing place at the line, audibling out of things that were originally called. I, I would say it's in the football world it's a big for the Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh Steelers it's a big deal. Because well like I said it's a little in the NFL it's a little deal. Because in the grand scheme of things, running backs are, are disposable income. You know, James, like you said, James Carter's in the Pro Bowl this year. First year as a starter. Or, or basically took and ran with it, no pun intended. So, it's a little it's a little deal because those guys will end up somewhere else and nothing lasts forever. It's a big deal for Pittsburgh because 
it'll, it'll, it'll kind of segue into my next question. Uh, I, I I definitely look at this franchise differently now. Ever since they brought Tomlin in, it's very lackadaisical in terms of management. But he's, he's very hard. He's very hard um, in terms of coaching. But a lot of th- a lot of things over the past few years have gone through cracks. You know, Roethlisberger with his many injuries and his, his whining and complaining. It's whole James Harrison fiasco. Uh, you know, the endless beef at the, what are they called, the, the Bengals. You know, the thing is, when you give, when you're a coach in an organization that gives players a lot of leash, you will, you will get certain characters that will act a certain way. That, that I think as soon as players start to think they're larger in life, that's when that's when you need to have a little humble beginnings. So it's been going. Do you think after all this has been done, do you think less of the Steelers as a franchise and as a team than we did say like ten years ago in Cowher as a coach? <laughs> yeah. Was there, you, uh, was there a question? Or did I just cut the way? No, yeah, it was. Um, does it make you think of? Do you think of the Steelers less? Because you know, it's the Steelers are the steel curtain, and they're a, a tight-run ship, and they're a good organization. Then I got these clowns and this mess and this dumpster fire. Does it make you look? Does it make you look kind of with a different lens down upon the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, I mean, you look at the Steelers, and you know, we, they have so many years where obviously the steel curtain, but then a lot of those '90s teams that never really did much. Uh, and then in the 2000s, they were known for a physical defense, tremendous defense, running the ball, especially with Bennis was in his prime. Uh, and then really with Roethlisberger, it even evolved from a team that still ran the ball. It was predicated on defense to a team that uh, was scored a lot of points, put up a lot of offense, and really, uh, it, while their defense declined, their offense really took off. And now, the again, the, the kind of luster, I think they're losing their luster a little bit. I think their kind of window was already starting to close a little bit. Roethlisberger on the wrong side of 30, obviously, in his mid to late 30s. We um, have already on the wrong side of 35. And yeah. uh, so he's, you know, not getting any younger. Uh, and now you've had all these distractions with the team. A lot of questions about Mike Tomlin's management of the team. And I think they're definitely kind of, you know, their their window is now closing even faster than it was before. So they really got to start making moves to prepare for the future while they're still also trying to compete right now in the AFC with the Patriots and now the Chiefs and Los Angeles and what have you. Yeah, I, look, I definitely look di- I look, definitely look different. At this organization, I think, yeah, they, they, they the, man, the management lives in the past, and they don't look, they don't look for the future. Remember, Roethlisberger had the whole beef with Mason Rudolph. Like, why did you draft a quarterback? I'm not going to help him. He's an idiot. It's too many, too many. One thing led to another. It was this forever snowball effect. Snowball's still rolling, so God knows what's going to happen after. But yeah, dudes are a joke now. That was going to be a joke, but. They're they're officially they're they're soon to be joining the Fanatic Radio list of laughable franchises. You heard it here first. Uh, one more one more football. 
the, the settlement, Kaepernick in the NFL. Kaepernick has said he wants to return to the National Football League. I know, I'm sure. It's, is, there, is there a will and a when? Basically, where does where does the NFL go from here with all this? And where does where does the Afro man Kaepernick go? From here? Well, I think regarding Kaepernick. There have been a lot of teams uh, potentially rumored. You've heard rumors about the Patriots. You've heard rumors about some other teams. And it's just amazing. It's, you know, this whole theory that, oh, no, it wasn't, uh, they weren't conspiring to keep them out of the league. Now we're hearing all this movement conveniently once this lawsuit gets settled. And clearly it was for a big amount of of money. And, you know, clearly, whether it was, you know, just explicit, you know, collusion, like we're going to keep this guy out of the league, there certainly was something going on because with the amount of just trash quarterbacks we've seen play, let alone have jobs, but play and start games, and yet Kaepernick couldn't could, could, could snip anywhere. So I believe he eventually will sign some more. I, I do believe that he wants to play. And even though he certainly has no reason to play now because he's probably got a, you know, a big settlement. Uh, I, I don't know how much we'll ever find out how much the settlement was for with the owners in the league. But I believe we will see him play again, and I'll be very intrigued to see how he plays because he wasn't terrible. Yeah, his team didn't win uh, the last time he was there, but that, that team with Chip Kelly was a total mess. The team around him yeah. was bad. The Kaepernick himself did not play poorly. So I think he's still got plenty left in the tank, and, he's, and if he's been in shape, then he's still definitely got something, uh, and he's certainly got something left to prove. That we'll see, we'll be hearing more uh, of his name in a positive way uh, from his uh, football uh, contributions. I hope going forward. I think I think I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he's going to play again, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Uh, it all depends. It really all depends on what organization, what team he goes to, because he ain't winning a Super Bowl with the first team he goes. I mean, unless it's the Patriots, because I think Vegas odds have them winning, if not then the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he's gonna have to go to a bat unless he unless he's go- becomes a backup somewhere. He's gonna go to a bat. That's the thing is he's it's the poor guy set up for failure. He's gonna go to a bad team regardless. And that's the that's the thing. It's like yeah, we'll go like say like the Dolphins. Like yeah, they're they're, they're trash anyway. Or I don't even know other teams like the Buccaneers. You know what I mean? It's like he's going because teams with bad quarterbacks are, are bad teams. The Cardinals, the Jets. And so he's gonna go. He's gonna go to a bad franchise, and and his plays. I mean, ridiculed wherever he goes, regardless of who he is. I mean, of who he is. So. I mean, what 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 is it what is it to say about the NFL? It's called the great late great Dennis Green. They are who they thought they were. And then my thing is, are we surprised? You know, they just talk to the emails and the, and the text of the owners, which I wish I was a fly on the wall for all of it. But it, it I'm not surprised that the NFL would do this because the NFL are a bunch of crooks. But then again, you know, they got got to protect the shield, protect the owners. Unlike the NBA, where it's players first, uh, NFL is sadly NFL is not. But I would like to see Kaepernick play, you know, just because I feel like it's been ages since we last saw him at his at his prime, that 2012 Super Bowl run, 2011 2012 season with the, when Harbaugh was coach of the 49ers. 
But yeah, he's walking into failure. He's going to go to a bad team. So I feel sorry for him. No, but I kind of feel sorry for him. That's fantastic. Shout out to baseball. Uh, big question. We, we, we jump back because we're so sporadic on this damn show. We jump back, back to baseball. We talked about rule changes. Baseball tanking. We haven't really touched on that in a while. Because in baseball, I think, I think the, the first question is, what defies winning in baseball? Is it go for the, you know, cash all in on the, we kind of touched on that with this Machado, cash all in on the immediate win, or or like Sixers, trust the process? Well, it really depends on what you're going for. If you're a team, if you're a team like the New York Yankees, Boston, Red Sox, Los Angeles Dodgers, clearly the goal is to win it all. When you're a team like the San Diego Padres, when you're some of these middle-tier clubs, clearly the goal is to, you know, obviously make the playoffs, uh, grow. When you're talking about these uh, kind of lower-tier clubs, they're really looking for improvement. So it really depends, based really, to everybody. We've never really seen quote-unquote tanking in baseball. It's kind of hard to do because it's such a long sport. I mean, you can't have a weak team. You know, the Houston Astros for several years were atrocious. But they were just going through a really rough rebuilding process. I don't think they were trying to be winning, you know, winning 60 games a year. And then within a few years, they ended up winning the World Series based on, you know, their player development. So, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of it's a very open-ended question as to what teams are looking for. Uh, when it comes to winning and losing, and everybody's expectations are different because everybody's got different size budgets. Uh, they got different track yeah. records. You got teams that have never won the World Series, teams that have never been to the World Series, let alone teams that are just expecting to win year in and year out. I think b- baseball is the most delicate sport. When I say that, it's you know, it's not like basketball where a single player could turn around your franchise. It's not like football where maybe a good coach and a couple players can change your franchise. The thing with baseball is what differentiates in terms of tanking. There are crappy teams. Um, but the, uh, my thing is the big difference is you don't get, I don't know, you don't get rewarded for tanking. You see in basketball, you, know, you get rewarded. You're, you're the worst team. You're the Phoenix Suns. You'll, you'll probably get the first draft pick. you get the ping pong ball. Or we rig it with the fold envelope like the Knicks. But baseball, there's no, there's no like satisfaction in doing poorly. Teams are just naturally bad uh, because I think teams in baseball are more. Because basketball, you see, they cash in on everything. Yeah, you know, they want the Raptors want Marcus Saul because they want to win. They want to win now. Baseball, you you get like prospects. So I think I, I think the commissioner is freaking out. He needs to cal- he needs to calm down. Baseball still owns the region, regional markets. I think baseball is falling into that same trap as, like, hockey, where you get a lot of pressure from the outside that wants immediate sweeping change. But if you stick to, like, your guts, even even though you might you might chip on it, it's like, you know what it is? It's like baseball is like a muffin or a, a dinner roll that you, that you baked in the oven, and, and it got burnt. If you just chip off the bad stuff, it's still edible and it's still very enjoyable. And I think baseball is exactly like that. My thing, it's like it's kind of like when NASCAR, you have full circle back to NASCAR. Screw the common fan. 
their hacks anyway. Keep your core fan base loyal, happy, and satisfied, and they have no issues. We only have these issues with baseball because you have those few people that want the game to be sped up. Now, I don't care one way or the other because baseball is like soccer to me. I turn it on. It's a, it's, a, it's a good background sport. If I'm doing something, maybe I'll pull my hair out and watch the Cubs lose and act like complete idiots. But then, you know, when it gets to, like, playoff time, maybe I'll watch it closer. Maybe I'll maybe I'll see how the Washington Nationals are doing. I just think that these these people that so obsessed with appeasing to everyone, being appeasing to everyone, just are a bunch of morons. Am I wrong in saying that? Like, can we just say to baseball, just to Manfred, just be the middle finger to the common fan, casual fan? Um, no, because I mean, let <laughs> me talk about that for NASCAR. Uh, whether we, you know, we could argue whether NASCAR was really doing that or not. There, there was certainly the appearance of it, and it's been ruinous for the sport, and it's left us in this position to where they, we hope, hit rock bottom when it comes to attendance, when it comes to ratings, and now they have to fight and claw and scratch to kind of get out of the, you know, the cellar, if you will. So, you know. Baseball's problem, as we know, is that it's no longer a national sport. It's hard for the sport to be a national sport. It's a truly now regional sport where teams are very popular, tremendously locally, but they're not the kind of national draws because it's harder to have national stars in baseball, particularly, you know, these days. You know, pitchers are only pitching once every five days, starting pitchers. You know, guys in the lineup are only hitting. You only see them at bat three times a game, uh, three, four times yep. a game, and you may not see them get a do, you do any action in the field. Yep. So my thing is, people need to shut up about proving baseball. It's, it's fine the way it is. You know, just find, just find a team and become emotionally attached. Easy, easy, easier said than done. <laughs> uh, That's right. Yeah. So, again, since our sound, since our sound effects don't work, we'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap we'll, we'll wrap this up with our good segment. Uh, what's his name? John McEnroe. You cannot be serious. It's time for thumbs up, thumbs down. What was good? What was bad in the world, in sports, life in general? Deflow, all 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 quiet on the Eastern Front, or just as chaotic as always? Well, it's just always chaotic, for better or for worse. Uh, first thumbs down. We're gonna go back to NASCAR. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the Fox NASCAR Twitter account tweeted the Fox Sports. Uh, Latin America call of the big one of the yeah. big crash, and it's like El Grande, El Grande, and it's just so funny. I mean, watching some of these just fantastic um, uh, calls in other languages is so great, and I, I urge everybody to check it out. Fox Sports Latin America, uh, you can check it out. The NASCAR on Fox. Twitter handle. Second thumbs up is going to go to the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes uh, are great because they're they're fighting for playoff contention. 
So they have this tradition now. They have these kind of fun, goofy celebrations at the end of the game. And Don Cherry, who, as we know, uh, obviously, you know, from Coach Carter and, uh, you know, one of the NHL broadcast legends, and a true curmudgeon and firebrand, totally cut a promo on it, said they're a bunch of jerks, saying that it's classless, having no fun with it, saying that, oh, how would – did you actually mention a player? Like, would they do this? Would this – Player, former player, former Hurricane Justin Williams, do this to be a star on the team, and, and everybody was like, he's the one that inspired them and gave them the idea. So the Hurricanes have done a great job. They've trolled him from the get-go ever since this came out. They've uh, made shirts about it. Really world class, and it's been fantastic. So love that. Uh, thumbs up to the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, we love Don Cherry. Don Cherry for that. Uh, you know, the weather comes down to the weather, as always, classic punch and bang. So you've been able to hit a win. Uh, because the weather's been all over. We had a lot of snow early in the week. On, uh, when was it? It was Wednesday. Uh, and then and Thursday, it was like 55 degrees, and all the snow was gone. And today, it was like mid-40s. So the weather needs to decide what it's trying to do. Completely out of control. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm with you on that. And yeah, so thumbs down to the weather. All right, I will start off with a thumbs up to friend of the show, my boy, our boy, Rick Pitino. Uh, we love yeah. to hate. He, he has the last laugh because he actually led Panthinaikos to a Greek League championship. I don't know who they beat, but I mean, it was, a, it was a great, a great game. They defeated um, Olympiakos about a week ago, who was then coached by former Cleveland Cavaliers and NBA champion coach Dave Blatt, which was fantastic because, yeah, they won, but they also la- they also won in the most laughable fashion. Blatt was mad the way the refs were calling the game. So at the end of the second half, at the end of the first half, he was just like. We're we're leaving, like we're done, which is great shades of. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Semi Pro featuring Will uh, Will Ferrell? <laughs> it's a great clip in the movie where he gets mad at Father Pat for insult the referee for insulting his mother, his, his deceased mother. So he basically uh, forfeits the game and takes all of his team and leaves and uh, goes to the bus. So shout out to Blatt, shout out to Patino. As I am hunting for my friend's apartment, townhouse actually looks like brown sticks here in Big Flats. Nothing big about it. Um, let me see. This is a long time coming, but shout out, thumbs up to, I think I did. I think I gave a thumbs up to Tiafo, the kid that plays tennis, uh, reached the quarter, reached the quarterfinals of the Australian Open. Love the guy because you know, he's beating his chest, he's flexing, he's, he's straight up Boatelli. We love that. We need more of that in tennis. We need the Djokovic's and the Nadal's to leave. It's time for my gardener to like someone new, or at least watch someone new. Right. Um, let me see. Let me see as I struggle to get around the street corner and avoid a puddle. Um, thumbs down to McDonald's. I do love McDonald's. I actually haven't had. I actually haven't had it in a long time. I couldn't tell you the last time I had McDonald's because it's such a rarity out in New York because up north where I am, it's all Team Burger King. It's all Tim Hortons. 
There's like very few Taco Bells. There's very few McDonald's. But thumbs down to McDonald's. Thumbs down to the bacon fries. Um, again, no one, no one asked for this awful commercial featuring Ken Jong and uh, JB Smooth. It's I I don't know. McDonald's is putting bacon on everything. It's just it's not worth it. I go to McDonald's for the for the classic fries because I love the fries. I don't go for the dear sake of, of of bacon fries. You know what I mean? Bacon is for Wendy's. Wendy's owns the Baconator. That is it. Bacon's not good for you either. I don't understand what this country's fascination with bacon is. Not good for you. Clogs your arteries. But what it, what it also is, is it's also just a straight-up knockoff of poutine. So, thumbs down to McDonald's. And I think I've missed the entrance. Nope, we have made the entrance. Now it comes to the fun part. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs up to the game. I'll be bro- As mentioned before, I'll be broadcasting uh, tomorrow live and direct for um, what's it called? Uh, the Q's game and Duke, the Dukies and the Q's. It's gonna be as the ki- it's gonna be lit as the kids say. So there will be pictures. There will be tons of stuff. Any other any other final things before uh, before we end? Uh, here's a fun. I'm gonna throw a little grenade in here in the right at the end of the show. Uh, Kevin Harvick uh, made some comments uh, to the press. Uh, pretty fascinating saying that uh, he feels that Jimmy Johnson is one of the most disrespected great drivers we've ever had, saying that he has won as many championships as Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty, and I never feel like he's on that pedestal. I think, you know, I'm just going to tweet about this. You know, I'm somebody that was definitely a Jimmy Johnson hater, but it was because he was great. I mean, the dude was winning the championship year after year. He had such a stranglehold on the sport. It was crazy to think about, even in retrospect, and even when, no matter what you think about the chase and what have you. So, thumbs up to uh, Kevin Harvick for uh, those comments, and I'm fascinated to know how you feel. You know, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson does get disrespected, um, but Jimmy Johnson also put it on. Overall, didn't someone Kevin Harvick? Kevin Harvick is standing for Jimmy Johnson now. Didn't he like bash him on his radio show not too long ago? Happy hours on Sirius XM. Probably did. So I don't I don't trust Harvick I don't take I don't take that kid that kid I don't take that cat seriously with a grain of salt as far as I can throw him. So no I'm gonna I'm gonna defer we're gonna defer to next week to see what happens. But that will do it. That what what a show I, I finally reached my destination. I'm almost killing myself to get here in the process. And my phone is blowing up. What do you want? I am. Here, yes, everyone is everyone is waiting my arrival because I am the savior. I love this. I am the savior of this party, and I love it so much. That'll do yeah. it for this show. For Notorious Influence, I'm Mike Garter. Catch the podcast all the time. BlogTalkRadio.com, B436 here, our social pipes. Uh, stay tuned Saturday. Live broadcast of me driving home and post down, post down, post game breakdown of Q's and Duke um, for all of us. Get the Millennial Show saying uh, so long. We'll see you next time.